Hey guys, welcome to Lower Crest. This is episode 20.25. Yeah. So these episodes are about a quarter of the length of the regular right. one, so we'll call it 20 and a quarter. Yeah, so this is the quick shift, the midweek update. This week uh, we got news. So we got some uh, a bunch of news articles that we can't fit in the regular episode that we feel are pretty important, so we want to let you guys know what's going on. Absolutely. And next week we've got, uh, on the quick shift, we've got a history history lesson from yeah Jake. i got a cool story that i'm going to be telling chris so yeah. tune in next week for that so we should one. call it like this is quick shift news and we should have like quick shift quick shift uh, history or that story or we'll something come up, we'll come up with something better than that yeah. that's that's super lame yes it is <laughs> stay tuned for whatever that will be yeah so, so uh, what do we got for uh, yeah what do we this got for week news? we got a whole pile of news so i'm going to dig right in here our first story is that officials in los angeles have been painting streets white wait wait, wait. so i want Ah, dang it. You what? shouldn't have said what city it is, because then we could have guessed what oh, city it was. Well, it's obviously and in then, California. And then we would have known immediately. Yeah. Okay, so officials in L.A. are painting streets white to reduce the effects of urban heat islands and combat the effects of climate change. Now, they began rolling this out last May, which testing shows reduces the temperature of roadways, quote, up to 10 degrees. I saw another article that said up to 20. Okay, regardless, that's the highest like heat difference that they're making by literally painting the roads white, right, which right. is a, I mean, it looks ridiculous. And I think it looks kind of cool. It, it is looks cool. like kind of futuristic and cool. Okay. How, like I, I, I saw a thing that says it would reduce the temperature from 93 degrees to 70 degrees. Here's the problem. Yeah. On the roadway. That's literally if you're, like, putting your hand on the road, not right. the ambient well, air temperature. When I was a kid, I remember, like, running across pavement. Yeah. And it was insanely hot. It's way more than... Right. It had to have been summer, way more than 70, sun. 70 or 93 degrees. It has to be, like, 200 degrees. Right. It's got to be hot. So, but, okay, so if it's that hot, you're reducing it 10, even 20 let's degrees. Say let's say it's 100 degrees and it comes down it's, to 90. Exactly. You're not going to notice that. It's not going to make that big of a difference, especially in the ambient air temperature. Do we say how much this costs already? While each coating can last up to seven years, they're also pricey, with the estimated cost of $40,000 per mile. Okay, so... So we did some math here before we started the episode, <laughs> because this is just so ridiculous. So $40,000 per mile, and this is in L.A. they're doing this. Yeah. The city of L.A. had how many miles? Like 6,500 miles or something 6, like that. 6,500 miles. It ended so up being 200 and $260 million every yeah, seven if they years. wanted to that's scale gonna do, this up to that's the gonna do entire every city. Road. So let's, if it's, let's say they're only going to be doing 10% of the road. Sure, and still not? $26 million right. every and seven this years. money has to be coming from somewhere. Right, and there's only 4 million people in Los Angeles. So if they taxed it <laughs> equally, you'd be like a couple million dollars per capita just to paint your roads white. Which well, the, it's the first thing I'm going to do. I actually sent a messages out to a couple people already. Okay, it says I would PayPal them a hundred dollars, and I will if someone sends me a video of them doing a burnout on one of these streets <laughs> on one of these pristine and white us in it, yeah. I will send you a hundred dollars. So if anybody knows oh, somebody that in would LA, be awesome. I do. I'm not going to do it more I than do once. Know it's, someone. It, it's the first person that does it. It's yep. not like, I'm not going to send a thousand dollars. Cause and if you're a really good driver and can do like a O and a C with your, overcrest, yeah, with you your do that, skid I'll marks, 150 bucks. Yeah, I'll chip in too. So, uh, I mean, I have to imagine that all you're going to see is you'll have this nice white road and then it's just going to be these two black lines exactly. from people that drove down. It's just going to be right. Disgusting. Even if you're not doing burnouts, it's still going to mark up the streets. It's like having a white couch. 
Yeah, which I, I did have a white couch. It's and we the had to worst throw it idea away. ever. It's the worst idea ever. Well, not only that, as someone else in the comments said, so are we going to have to start using white oil then in our cars for all the drips? <laughs> oh, it's going to be gross. Leave? It's going it to make Los it's Angeles It's just the stupidest thing. It's like if you're going to be spending this much money and your goal is to reduce the the effects of climate change, I'm sure you'd come up with something better. Well, apparently there's a huge issue with people pooping on the ground. What? Because there's so many homeless people. I'm sorry, that, what? You heard me. <laughs> Just imagine one benefit of this is you're not going to step in the poop because you're going to be able to, you'll be, be see, able to, see, be able it? to see it pretty okay, easy. Okay, sure. So, yeah, that was our, our first story. Uh, Please, someone, I want to pay somebody $100. I need to just tag us, do a burnout down this road. Yeah. It's got to be a good burnout. None of this one wheel peel shit. Sure. It's we need something with, yeah, limited slip. Yeah, something's got to okay. happen. It's, yeah, I, I am serious about that. We should figure out someone who knows where one of these streets yeah. are. Spread the word, guys. Absolutely. All right, next story. Modern luxury and performance car interiors are often trimmed with a synthetic suede called Arkansas. I'll, I usually say Alcantara, but it's <laughs> Alcantara. Too. Yeah, it is. So I just struggled. Alcantara. And you, you've probably heard of it, but what you didn't realize is that it all comes from one single Italian manufacturer that. who's also named Alcantara. Okay. Which makes sense. It's an Italian word because it's hard to pronounce. Right. But at any rate, the I Alcantara plant stuff. outside of Milan can only make... It's a plant? Eight. I didn't know no, it was no, no, an organic no, 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 thing. No, no, no. The plant. Like the manufacturing oh. plant. <laughs> No, it's totally synthetic. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a plant? You go up and the leaves are like, like swayed. I, I was in my mind. <laughs> I was like just touching the steering wheel suddenly. Like I was thinking about one of those leaves that has like a little fuzzy yes, stuff exactly. on the back. Yeah, the little, I don't know what they are. <laughs> no, okay. Let me let me rephrase. The manufacturing facility outside of Milan, where Alcantara comes from, can only make 8 million meters of this faux suede per year year and this is actually forced Jesus, that's a lot of meters it's a lot of fake suede and it's forced them to turn down 20 percent of their orders coming from manufacturers car manufacturers so they have they must have some sort of weird this. patent on this they must there I must be no, no expiration on on patents in italy or something like that because it's i mean this stuff's been around a long time so in the article i didn't write it down here but there are other versions of this like there's another um what do they call it? There's another fake suede that like Ford uses and something else. But for some whatever reason, this is like the go-to. Okay. So they're I, investing. I don't like this stuff. When it's on a steering wheel, it's great for like a little while, and then it you see like the worn stuff. Well, and it just listen looks... to this. The material is popular in cars because it's lighter, breathes better than leather. It's also quote more durable and provides more grip than leather. It's not more durable though. When it, unlike a steering wheel, when it gets your oils in it, it just kind of flattens out. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I'm it picturing like the, so the racing nice. steering wheels. You know, yep, yep. a lot of the Momos I think use it. But at any rate, yeah. Apparently, there's a shortage of it. Okay. And they're investing so the price three hundred million euros to double production capacity. Wow. So if you're in must Milan, be all those Teslas they're selling with. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else we got? So next story, Aston Martin's first SUV will be available. SUV? SUV. Okay. Not Alcantara. <laughs> Aston Martin's first SUV will be available as a gasoline model, despite being previewed as an electric concept. But only gas. It's not even a hybrid. It's just right. gas. So this is a five-door SUV. It's going to be expected to be called the Varakai? Varakai? Varakai, sure. We'll this, is Varakai. A, this is a bold move doing gas only. I mean, I feel like... Yeah. Anybody that's going to be looking at an Aston Martin SUV is going to be looking at a Model X. 
no, Tesla or something no. like that. No, so the SUV will be launched next year into the, quote, ultra-luxury SUV segment. Oh, okay. Where it's going to rival the Bentley Bentagia. Did you know that's the name of the Bentley one? No. The Rolls-Royce Cullinan. I didn't know Rolls was making an SUV. The Lamborghini, Lamborghini Urus, yep. which I actually saw the other day on the streets here. Yeah, you texted me. You tried to FaceTime me like three times, and I don't know what I was doing. I was you busy. were like pooping or something and not answering my call. No, if I was pooping, call, I would have FaceTimed with you for sure. Because <laughs> I was so amazed. I saw, yeah, this Lamborghini Urus, or however we're saying. I, I make it a point to pronounce it Urus because yeah, it sounds ridiculous. Possible. And, and I, but the thing was gray. You sent me a picture. It was gray. It was, it was black. Oh, black. Or like dirty black, I think, because okay. we were in the middle of Minnesota in yeah. the spring, which is actually the winter. Um, and they had like taped off the Lamborghini and the logo and everything else. Why? Because I think it was a test mule for a different manufacturer because it had Detroit manufacturer plates on it. Maybe they were. Tr- maybe they were like, guys, we need somewhere that has a lot of salt that's still here in <laughs> April. Where can we go? Ah, uh, yes, Minnesota. Yeah. Those guys are fucked. Go right. drive it over there. Which we are. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I did see the Urus, but that's what this new uh, Aston Martin SUV is going against. You should have honestly. You should have followed it. Uh, they were heading down 35W, and I was going home. What? Okay. I mean, I followed it for a few miles. <laughs> There was a, it was really odd. It was a lady who was like super hipster looking driving it with some weird colored rimmed glasses and not at all who I'd picture. Okay. If it was a test mule. So I don't who know. Do you, who do you picture driving one of those? I don't know. Like a, a middle aged uh, engineer. I'm, I'm, I feel like The Rock. The Rock? <laughs> the Rock. Oh, in a Lamborghini. <laughs> no, that was if it was the original Rambo Lambo, they called it. The original. Lamborghini SUV from the 80s, that's what The Rock would drive. I suppose you're probably right. Okay. But at any rate, I got to keep going with this story because you're going to love this next part. So Aston Martin has said its SUV will be opening the brand to female customers. Oh, wait. So it's been closed to female customers? Hold on. The car has been designed around the needs of a fictional customer called Charlotte, an affluent Californian (laughs) in her late 30s. Wow. So I'm obviously in the Is minority a drawing of her, but I just I don't get the appeal of these like super high end luxury SUVs because luxury cars, especially high end ones, are impactful and carry kind of that brand panache. I think because they're sleek and sexy and aren't bothered by carrying Charlotte or whatever and her two kids Charlotte. to soccer practice. I don't think. You also, you got to keep in mind that ultra luxury people—they're yeah. not the ones driving their kids to soccer. Well, that's practice. what I mean. Like, why is this? They want an a SUV. Thing? They want it big. They want to be able to tint all the windows. They want to feel safe. I mean, it's just kind of—I yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, the big kind of uh, headline that we're missing is going to be gasoline only yeah. when everyone yep. else is going hybrid. That is electric, strange. I do find that strange. So, next story here: uh, Scott Pruitt, the EPA administrator, who you may have heard a lot about this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's announced that his agency will start the process of rolling back federal standards, which are aimed at cutting tailpipe emissions, carbon dioxide, blah, blah, blah. He's also demanded that California, which is vowed to stick with its own stricter standards, will fall in line. That's going to be a battle. Well, there's been a quiet legal battle in the background for the past couple months between the Trump administration and the state of California because they want to keep their own air quality standards and regulations for cars in place. Well, didn't haven't they had the carb standards forever? Yeah. I mean, so basically, the Trump administration is saying we're revealing or we're revoking all the these uh, carb standards or cafe standards, whatever they are. And this we is, want this is the problem with having place. a federal EPA in the first place. Okay. Why not just let the state decide what they want to do? And since, since California sells so many cars, 
I yeah. am almost positive that if the California Air Resource Board had their own rules, and let's say New York had their own rules in some of right. the larger markets, they're going to kind of c- create a car that's going to kind of conform to to meet all the requirements. Well, wasn't so, it back in the 70s you would have a lot of models, and then they had like the California legal ones where they'd have extra emissions? Yeah, but that was a, that was always just like a little thing to throw on the car, like a restrictor right. or something like that. I think that. Um, now you're you're going to war with the state versus the federal government. I think California should be able to do whatever they want, okay. and I think the federal government should really have nothing to do with it. It's really none of their yeah, business. Yeah, I'm just think I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the whole things because I I love the idea of saving the environment and all the fluffy little creatures that it's going to be saving, and I, I don't know, but at the same time, I hate regulation in sure. general. So, but it, it's odd because as a manufacturer now, like you said, you're going to have to. Appeal to this the is terrible for manufacturers, to be honest. Right, that's because what I'm talking no, about. When you look at, um, and this is like in just economics 101, is, excuse me, uh, companies need consistency. So they need to kind of be able to predict what's going to happen. That That's whether it goes with taxes, regulations, anything. To, to do their business model properly, they need to be able to foresee what's coming. So they want to be able True. to look down the road and, and have expectations known. And when you start being like, yes, we're going to regulate this, and the next president comes in and throws that shit out the window, and then the next president comes in because he's a Democrat, is like, no, 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 we're going to have more EPA requirements. That is really, I'm not really even talking about the four-year cycle of things changing. I'm talking about, like, if one state has different requirements for an automobile than the others, that's hard to produce for. No, I mean, if you have California has strict requirements and Texas has less strict requirements, you're just, just going to build, sell it, the, for just build it for California. Yeah. You know? But what I'm saying is that it's really hard for manufacturers to, because they, they, they're not all like Tesla or whatever. They have long-term plans down the road. <laughs> right. So they're, they're building... Because they're, they're going to exist into the future. <laughs> yeah, they'll exist in like five years. So they're building cars that are like five years from now, 10 years from now. They give up plans. And with this shit roller coastering all over the place, it's not good. It's hard to design. It's, it's, it's hard to predict plan. what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Imagine if you invested tons of technology in hybrids and uh, direct injection and turbocharging and high compression engines. And right. then all of a sudden, well, you don't actually, we don't need these emission requirements anymore. That's just, it's not as important as it was. And they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Because we just put billions and billions of dollars in R&D into these engines right. that aren't that reliable because we had to do it <laughs> overnight. We had to get them done like fucking yesterday. So now True. you have all these somewhat reliable engines that were designed to meet these requirements that may not exist anymore i would be furious if i was like the cfo of these companies yeah i don't know i well we'll leave it at that and shift gears here to the next story uh speaking of actual environmental regulations etc the german car maker volkswagen said on thursday is considering a change in leadership as part of a broader management overhaul and they didn't really give many details but the 64 year old Mueller, that's their ceo currently is he the guy investigating trump <laughs> Oh, yeah, good point. That is another name that's, at any rate, his contract's due to run out in 2020, and amidst Dieselgate and all the toxic monkey testing and everything else (laughs) that's come about, um, they are looking at Dies, who is a former BMW executive. He joined Volkswagen in 2015, and uh, he apparently is the one who's going to be coming up and is being groomed, I guess, to take over. Okay. But what's interesting, there was sprinkled in this article was a little tidbit that said, the plan comes as rivals including Fiat, Chrysler, and Daimler consider spinoffs or legally separate divisions to boost their share prices and raise cash to fully develop and fund electric and self-driving vehicles. So are they trying to divest themselves of responsibility? No, I think what they're trying to do is make other separate companies that are going to be selling all these electric vehicles and everything else that's not going to be a Chrysler. It's not going to be something else. 
So I, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. It's how they're all trying to. I can't wait to hear what all the names of these companies are going to yeah, be. Good point. <laughs> Eco Drive. Eco Volt. I mean, <laughs> the, the amp. I mean, it's all going to be these. Li- I know the Electron Division. It's just going to be all kinds well, there of you just go. garbage. That's clever. So is this basically like Ford Mercury? Is it kind of like that, know. or is it like Hyundai and Genesis? Like or? I said, it was just kind of like a weird byline sprinkled in this whole story about the Volkswagen leadership, and they're talking about, oh, by the way, this is also happening as Fiat Chrysler and Daimler are spinning off these different divisions okay. for electric. So I, I'm wondering if it's kind of like how Ram trucks are now a separate brand completely from Dodge. I did you know, know that? that? Dodge no. trucks? They're, they're not Dodge trucks. They're Ram trucks. So that's basically like the Hyundai Genesis is now just the Genesis. Sure. They, they divested. Did they? Got, I don't want to say divested. No, I know what you word. mean, but they, they like broke divided off, off this yeah, other, so they like, spun off this other brand. Yeah, exactly. But it still had the same parent company. And the reason right. that was is because the, nobody wanted to buy a Hyundai Genesis. Yep. I mean, why would you buy a Hyundai luxury car? So I think that's what they're doing, and that's what I thought was interesting here, is they're going to be spinning off these other brands that are specifically for their electric stuff. All right, well, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of electric stuff and gasoline engines dying, Mercedes AMG will stop selling V12 cars. This is period. The, one of the saddest news stories of all time. I know. It seems the future of AMG is V8s and electric motors, not V12s. So, what was the last V12, I wonder? I'm sure it's still something they're selling right now, but they're just going to stop producing or manufacturing. One of the best ones. sounding cars of all time mm-hmm. is like a SL600 or whatever, the V12. Right. And you put headers on it. And it sounds like a Pagani. Because that's what the Pagani Zonda used was that 6-liter V12 right. and it from sounds AMG. exactly like it. It's, this is sad. It's it is truly sad. sad. Well, here was my point. Why can't they just make smaller displacement V12s? They're like, already small displacement like V12s. F1 cars of yesteryear where they're like 1.5 liters that spin up to crazy RPMs. I don't think they were ever 1.5 liter V12s. I think they were a little bigger than I'm that. I'm sure they were. Those but would my be like little, is, little bottle cap pistons. Why can't they do that? Because then surely they have to be able to make a V12 small enough that it's just as efficient as a four-cylinder, and then you still have the the sound of a V12 and can still have the V12 badge on there. They, and no, they don't care. Yeah, I They're know. not building cars for sound. They don't care about they us. They should. Well, they do build cars for sound, but it's not. They're not. You they're know what they're doing? They're, going, they're putting the speaker then in the exhaust that makes the fake V12 sound. There you go. That's what it's all about. Uh, it just sounds like a V12 when it comes through your Harman Kardon stereo. Yes, that's so twelve thousand speaker stereo system. I think we should we should manufacture really small V12s then and sell them to to AMG. Yeah, one point five liters. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, next story, Koenigsegg, speaking of these super high-end brands like Pagani. Uh, they Wait, wait, I want you to look it up quick. I need to know what F1 what? V12 engines were, what their displacement was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> F1 V12 engine displacement. <laughs> I got I to gotta know. I don't think it was 1.5 liters. I think it was bigger than that. Formula One engines, Wikipedia. Um, I'm going to just do a quick search for liter. Come on. You could do a quick search for V12. That might... V12. Because, I mean, there's there's the 1.5. That would just be <clears throat> the tiniest little pistons you could ever even... 3.5 liter. There you go. They're probably like a 3 Hold liter. Hold on. That was from 89 to 94. Well, there you go. That's it. 3.5 liters. And then from 95 to 2005, we had a V12 3 liter. All right, so they're around the, the around the probably the two and a half to three and a half liter mark sure. somewhere. Okay, so let's I just make was them. Curious. Let's cut that in half. Make them one point five liters. <laughs> make them spin up to like fourteen thousand RPM. I'm just, I'm just imagining. I'm I'm thinking like of a two liter bottle, like cut you know by twenty five percent, 
and then I'm imagining that volume of space being filled divided up, up to by twelve little, tiny little pistons. cylinders. Yeah, just these little tiny. You're right. It guys. won't be like little bottle caps it moving up and very, down. They would be very small. They'd be like. I wonder, they'd probably be the size of like a silver dollar. Well, okay, think of like a little fifty cc moped cylinder. Mm-hmm. What's fifty cc's times twelve? Uh, like is that 60, bigger 60 than sixty cc's? How many? I don't know how many 600 liters. Six hundred cc's. Six hundred. I don't know how many liters that is. Well, one. So it'd be 0.6 yeah. liters. So it'd be bigger than a moped cylinder each. Okay. Well, I'll say that. Okay. Anyways, you design that. Let me know. I'm going to work goes. on that. Um, where were we? Koenigsegg announced today it has ended production of the Agera supercar. I wonder what they're doing next. You know, they had that big thing where they were talking about their weird valve train. Do you remember that? It was like a hydraulic. That was Koenigsegg, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was pneumatic. Yeah. Um, so- valve train. It didn't use springs. It used actual. Wasn't it was air, it, compressed air? Was it air? I thought it was hydraulic. Uh, it's one of the two. I but then you didn't be, need cams. I think it, it would have just to be hydraulic because actuated. if it was air, air can be compressed. Right. And it wouldn't, I mean, Actually, you get no, valve that's flow. what it is. Uh, yeah. No, the, um, like, Formula One cars use air pneumatic springs instead of actual coil springs. Sure. Because, like you said, it can compress like that, and it doesn't have the inertia rebound. Right. So it's less valve float. But anyways, yeah, so Koenigsegg was doing something with that valve train. But in the meantime, they've been producing the Agera supercar, which I don't really know anything about. It's it's pretty fast, man. I mean, it's... I'm sure it is. It's just another fast supercar. Hypercar that they only made, I'm honestly like not even sad. 20, oh, during its three-year run, the company produced 25 examples. Wow. Okay. So that's why I don't even care to know about it. It's like a one-off. I've seen one. We saw one at Car Week. I was like, wow. What's that thing? That, well, I knew what it was, <laughs> but I was just like, wow, I don't... Is that the okay. one where the doors come out parallel and then swing up? I have no idea. I'm picturing that. Last time reason. I was in one, I never mind. I never was, so I have, I have no <laughs> idea. What else? So, we have? Uh, 25 examples of these Agueras. Uh, they set five world speed records. They, I mean, they, in the process. They did some crazy stuff out in the out in the Nevada desert. Two hundred and seventy-seven point nine miles per hour. Yeah, they move. Wow, they move. Okay. Well, anyways, now they're shifting entirely to the Regera, which is a fifteen hundred horsepower hybrid with no transmission. Capable of doing burnouts at 186 mile per hour. <laughs> well, that's that was we the headline after. in the story. Yeah, we're happy. I, I don't know anything about this, but I loved that. You, so I so the whole it. article just had to, just, we just you want to drag you through this whole thing, <laughs> yeah. just to know that this car is capable of doing burnouts at, at 186. 186 miles per hour. We need to get a hold of him and send that guy to California. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. There we go on the white streets. All right, so next story. Uh, just a few weeks after the deadly Uber crash in Arizona, the self-driving car, you remember, uh, another self-driving car in San Francisco was ticketed for being, quote, too close to a pedestrian. Now, what's interesting <laughs> about this, it was the company that was testing this car was Cruise, spelled C-R-U-I-S-E, like Tom Cruise. Uh, it did not immediately return a request for comments. The car didn't return no, I know, a request I'm, I'm for reading comment. through my notes here, and it didn't, I Excuse didn't me. write my notes Excuse correctly. Excuse me, Mr. Carr. <laughs> Would you do you care to comment? So, well, what's interesting? So, okay, a police <laughs> pulled this car over. There was an autonomous driving mode, and there was, of course, an operator behind it. We've talked about this before. The cars are self-driving, but they still need an operator right behind the wheel. So, okay, the that's got, the lights go horrible on. Job. Horrible job. Well, it's going to be even worse when you hear this. So the guy, they pulled it over this car. So the guy takes manual control, pulls it over, and the guy goes, "You were you were close to this pedestrian that you just passed." Well, he's at fault because he's supposed to be monitoring the car. No one got hurt, although Cruz says the operator of this specific vehicle is now responsible for the ticket. I would think so. No. Well, they're supposed to be making sure that the the autonomous. 
but here's the other intelligence T one thousand vehicle. So they looked it up. Crews looked it up, and it was more than ten feet from this pedestrian, right? So okay. the cop, I guess, was in the wrong. He didn't the go out there with his little feet. Yeah, and, like, no, I'm sure he just looked and he was like, "That's pretty close." Pulled him over. Right. Realized a self driving car. But my point is, so why is this operator now, who's an employee of this company, who's just happens to be testing? The, the stuff that they're producing and the, the code they're writing, now he's liable? It's just, what, it's, it's just such a weird, like, well, he's supposed to be, gray area. I, who gets ticketed for being too close to a pedestrian? Know. Give me a break. That's, whatever. The whole that thing's must weird. Be like, Ooh, it's an autonomous car. I can see the little LiDAR yeah, the thing on top. Camera. Oh, how can I get this guy? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hmm. I, I don't know. That it's cop weird. sucks. So uh, next story. Volkswagen has said it will buy back new or nearly new diesel cars affected by the new diesel bans in German cities. So as Chris, I think you've mentioned this before, a lot of these German cities are actually banning yep, these yep. diesels. Or planning to. Or planning to. So vehicles bought after April will be eligible. The customer would be tied into buying a replacement vehicle from that dealership, though, if they trade them in or have the buyback program. Okay. Um, Volkswagen's also extended its diesel scrappage scheme. It's, quote, diesel environmental incentive until summer. So, so this, this is, is the basically, scheme. This is cars for clunkers for diesels. Just for diesels. So this is such a waste of resources. The scheme has taken some 120,000 diesel vehicles off the road since August I want to know. I want to know how many, what, it, what the environmental impact of manufacturing a car is. All the plastics, right. the oil, the... The foundry. What does the foundry exactly. use? What is the? I mean, all I know these where you're different going with this. And the tires and the shipping. When and you the, take a car off the road, now you have to make a new car yeah, to fill you're that replacing space. that car. So, so how much more pollution are you creating by exactly. making that new car versus whatever that would pollute just by having it on the road? This is just feel good shit. It's well, so or dumb. it's the manufacturers. Well, no, it, it can't be helping the manufacturers because they're the ones that now have to. They're paying pay. for that, so it doesn't help them at all. It is stupid. Maybe that. Maybe there's some sort of weird tax write-off for them as well for doing it. Maybe. I just. I don't. I. I don't get it. So, in addition, Germany considers emission retrofits for all diesel cars in the country. Um, it says millions of diesels could receive new hardware amid diesel bans by large cities. So great. Yeah, the government is considering a, creating a fund that'll enable over 10 million diesel cars in the country to be equipped with these retrofits. But, okay, so if you're going to have a fund that equips 10 million vehicles, who's paying for this? Oh, well, it's just, <laughs> we know the answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, everybody that lives there is paying for it. I know, it just, just doesn't Just like make they're sense. paying for their quote-unquote free health care and their free college and their free everything else or, or the Californians with their white roads with their free white roads <laughs> uh, rounding out uh, this week we're going to talk about Tesla and their quote implosion as right, Chris let's wrote through, down let's go through this quick let's, yeah let's I, I'm just going to take this. so I mean basically there's bankruptcy looming according yep. to some analysts with Tesla their now, do you credit think these, rating do you has think gone these down people have like an axe to grind I mean is, I don't it, is, know. It, is it legal for somebody to say that um, somebody with some sort of power or, yeah. or an audience, is it like cr- uh, calling fire in a crowded theater? By I mean, saying that they're going to go bankrupt? Yeah. But no, I think no, it's just, just free an press. Opinion. Yeah. yeah, no, that's an opinion. That's a shitty it's thing to do. It's not libel or anything else. <laughs> right. But, I mean, Elon Musk even was joking about going bankrupt. He, like, had some weird tweet where he was, like, on the side of his car with a cardboard sign. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw that. He's like making jokes and yeah. nobody's laughing. Well, I mean, oh. I wrote down, he, he seems confident. So I'm curious if they do actually he run he's out a, of funding. He's is he total, gonna? He's total propaganda guy. 
Yeah. Of course he's going to say that. Of course he's going to do it. Is he going to... It's like a guy being in denial that his girlfriend wants to break up with him. <laughs> he still wants just, to break just up with him. doesn't want to know. Well, and this is also a mid when they're going to basically give him, what was it, like a $50 billion bonus? What a, how could, if I was in line it wasn't waiting... That, that, it wasn't $50 billion, it, but I don't know what it was. It's like 55 over the course of time. It, has, it was ridiculous. But it was, schedule, it was like a scheduled bonus that he had to meet certain things to be able to get it. I think they're supposed to be getting out like... I don't know however many thousands of cars, but they're only making like 2,000 a month. Well, yeah, they missed their production target in the Model 3 for the first quarter. Officially now, they missed the first quarter production. And there's also these tariffs coming from China on these Teslas. It's like there's a lot of things that aren't going well. Tesla's stock fell by 22% in March, which is the steepest drop since the company went public. Yeah, all I I keep thinking of all the people that are like, well, if you don't like it, short the stock then. Short it. Do it. Short it. Should have. <laughs> Everybody was just like pestering me. About oh, really? Short, yeah, short the stock if you really feel that way. Well, you would have been twenty. You would have been yeah, twenty-two percent richer. Exactly. I so think that's how shorting works. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really that smart. I know what shorting a stock is, right? But, but how you do it and make money, I don't know. Yeah. You anyway. know what? With that note, you can call Chris on our new Overcrest hotline and tell him if he's wrong. That number is 612-584-0235. Well, way to phrase it that way because nobody's going to call because I'm never wrong. Oh, okay. Now please (laughs) call. Um, No, but seriously, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail about things you want to hear on the show. Yeah, if you got car questions, any questions about your car specifically, we'll see what we can do to find out and help you out, give you some advice. Absolutely. Give us a ring. Also, check us out on Patreon, our website as well, Facebook, Instagram. We are out there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd we'd love to. We'll, uh, We'll see you guys next week. We'll be right back.